You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm Jeff Ellis. We are up to 40 reviews over on iTunes right now. I'd like to get that up over 50. The more we have, the better. So I'm going to send a few thank yous out uh, to the people who have done it. Uh, give that shout out. San Diego Indians fan, uh, I believe. No, it wasn't the first, but that's just because they had a low score. New Mike, I hope you're still listening so you know I'm not breathing on it. L. Williams, 0524, thank you. Justin Scholl, thank you. C-A-R-C-25, thank you. And the Commission Brownstown, thank you. I'm going to keep going through the next few days and just doing some personal thanks. And if you go ahead and write a review, I will uh, I will give you your thanks as well on the show. Sorry, I was looking at some of the other ones where the scores were dinged and realizing some things I still need to work on. Without further ado, let's talk about Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger is best case uh, an idiot and worst case a jerk. Uh, is that harsh? No, because here's what happened. What Zach Plesak did was wrong. He violated team rules. He violated league rules. And at least he was upfront about it. And he went home and he didn't expose his entire team, including a teammate who was less than a year uh, removed from going through chemotherapy. You know, he was not Clevenger. Clevenger Carrasco at this time, I believe, was still uh, going through chemotherapy and cancer treatments for his leukemia. So Plesak, on top of violating league rules, uh, put his team at risk, his teammates at risk, and the entire season at risk because, you know, he might think that, oh, I'm young, whatever. It doesn't matter if you're young or whatever. It's still the fact that if he catches it, it's very easy to infect others. And even if everyone ends up okay, then there's also Eduardo Rodriguez, who's developed a heart condition after COVID. So there's a wide range of things that can happen. And you have a teammate who is high risk. And that made what Plesak did uh, incredibly selfish, just on a very basic level. Because if he comes back and his teammates get sick, that could cost them the chance at uh, competing this season. It's going to affect win-loss records. And we're going to start seeing suspensions for that type of behavior. What makes Mike Clevenger's a magnitude of 100 worse is that he covered it up. And did he lie about it directly? We don't know that for sure, but it was certainly an omission of truth. It was a lie by omission. And I consider it a lie because he he put so many more people at risk by what he did. And just let's talk about exactly what makes Clevenger is worse. His comments in the offseason uh, about accountability and all of that. If you dig deep on Mike Clevenger, you can find uh, a lot about the lack of accountability there and uh, some other things that have come up over time with Clevenger where it's a little bit obvious that he is a uh, in-the-moment type of person. And by going out and then coming back and having the audacity to defend Plesak in the team meeting instead of alerting others that he is uh, also exposed to then sit in the dugout with uh, high-risk individuals like Carlos uh, Carrasco and then to get on an enclosed plane with the team uh, while then all of those players are going the next day and their only off day to go to their families. So think about that. This isn't just about the team. Uh, I don't know if anyone has a pregnant wife right now, but that's considered a high-risk factor. We don't know if anyone is living at home with uh, other people with risk factors. Children with asthma. Yes, children have uh, typically seen this to be not as big of a deal in terms of the disease effects, but we don't know about long-term effects. That's the thing. So what Clevenger has done is not just exposed his teammates. 
he exposed each and every one of their families. And if he was already uh, exposed and did have it, we don't know if he did or didn't, but sitting on a plane with them, sitting in the dugout with them, uh, there's very little chance that multiple players would not, in addition, have it, who then would take it home and give it to their families. That's what makes everything he did so much worse, is Plesak didn't expose his teammates on Sunday. He had to be put in a car and told to, you know, he was going to have to drive himself home. Uh, Clevenger didn't want to have to do that, so instead he decided to uh, stay quiet, and the MLB has started... Uh, security teams to see who's leaving hotels and who's not following the rules. And that's who caught Clevenger and Plesak. And while Plesak was reported early, the news on Clevenger took a little while to break. And Plesak owned up to the situation. Maybe he was honest with the team from the beginning. And that is why, you know, that situation occurred. Whereas Clevenger, it didn't get revealed until it came from the league office, I'm assuming. But yeah, it's... And, I mean... Going from Clevenger to Pletko against a team like the Cubs, that's a big drop-off. So right there could be a game that uh, the team loses because Clevenger was selfish. And wild cards and division championships have often been decided by half a game. And that is what this is. So he could, he's already cost his team conceivably half a game. I mean, maybe they'll win. Maybe they would have lost anyways. But Clevenger to Pletko is a huge drop-off. He has hurt his team there if he's even available before then. And then again, that's not getting into... Carrasco is less than a year removed from leukemia, uh, so you're a terrible teammate for putting him through all of this. Now he has to sit and worry and stress. Uh, we talked about he's, I believe he's supposed to be from when I went through things, he's supposed to pitch tomorrow. If he doesn't pitch well tomorrow, how much of that is just him stressing out about his exposure, him stressing out and not knowing? And then, as I stated, you have Plutko in the next game, who is, you know, several levels below the current five pitchers in that rotation in terms of his ceiling and uh, ability as a pitcher. He's a solid swing pitcher, but he's not a guy you want pitching every fifth day. And that's another hit to the Indians. So yeah, uh, Clevenger's selfishness, not coming forward and alerting the team what he had done, and then exposing his teammates in multiple ways, and then exposing their entire families uh, on the one off day that this team has had. He knows that everyone has an off day. They're probably going to get to spend that time with their family. And uh, he still makes the choices he made because uh, Mike Clevenger matters more than everyone else. That is what's clear right now. If you look at what occurred, Mike Clevenger matters more than anyone else. Mike Clevenger matters more than his teammates. It matters more than his teammates' families. It matters more than his own family. And uh, there's no other way to look at it. He made choices because his fun mattered more than anybody else and anyone else's health. So how do I transition from that? <laughs> it's not exactly an easy point, but I guess, you know, speaking of health, uh, if you are someone who maybe has stress in their lives or uh, some other things like that, I would recommend going to CBDMD right now using our promo code locked on, I'm sorry, locked on MLB in particular, which is why this is an important sponsor because it's for the MLB podcast network showing our reach and strength. Go there right now and you can see a wide variety of products and get 25% off. That is one of the highest discounts that any sponsor has ever given us. A 25% off discount to cbdmd.com. They also advertise free shipping on their website, so that's another bonus. But go, check it out. See what could be there that works for you. If you already use CBD, then you know what works. If you've ever wanted to try it, you're never going to get a better opportunity than now. You're never going to find another 25% off discount deal. So go to cbdmd.com 
com using the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. That should get you 25% off your order. Okay, Mike Clevenger. You're probably thinking, really, more? What about the Chicago uh, Cubs interview? Uh, Chicago doesn't have power right now where the Cubs guy lives, so we had to uh, put that on the back burner. I Maybe we'll talk with Sean Sears soon. Uh, maybe we'll talk post the series. But, uh, yeah, Mother Nature did not contribute with uh, to us being able to have that podcast interview today. So let's talk about Mike Clevenger just as Mike Clevenger baseball player. Uh, Clev is an exceptional pitcher. This year he's been a little bit inconsistent. We talked about on the last podcast after he pitched. He looked kind of this so far this year. He's looked like the pitcher uh, he was when he first came up, more than the pitcher he kind of matured into. He's had issues staying healthy. He's never had like that huge extended year because there's always uh, an injury or two that pops up. Even this year, there were some injuries before the season began. So if the season had started normally, he wouldn't have started the season in Cleveland. But when he is healthy, he's been one of you know the top 10 pitchers in baseball. He makes those lists rather consistently. But when you're the Cleveland Indians, uh, part of the, what you have to always look at is age and free agency. Mike Clevenger debuted late. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when he made his uh, his big league debut, but it took him a while to get there. But in spite of that, he'll turn uh, 30 in December. And at this point in time, he's set to be a free agent in 2023. That means you have him for the rest of this year and the two years after that. Now, he's also going to start to get pricey, which is the other issue with him, just through arbitration. 4.1 probably looks somewhere closer to 8 at the end of this year. And it's kind of on that uh, Bauer path of money. Now, what that means for the Indians is 30 with two years of team control, very likely trade candidate. Essentially, mid-season of 2021 would be the exact point at which they traded Bauer uh, in his contract uh, spacing. And that's when they would look to move him. Clevenger is probably in his last year in Cleveland in some form or another. And we know that Cleveland was very specific and very rigid in the way they dealt with the COVID situation. So there's already probably some irate people in the front office. Uh, they're not going to knee-jerk. They never knee-jerk. But uh, let's just say it gives them some more incentive to consider moving Clevenger, especially because teams need pitching right now. There are a lot of teams who are struggling dealing with injuries. We've talked about on I feel like every third show, there's another team that needs pitching. Uh, Houston, we've talked about how many times. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are currently in last place, could always use more pitching. Atlanta Braves lost their ace, and uh, their big free agent signing hasn't pitched, and another member of their rotation uh, has already been designated for assignment. The New York Mets just had Marcus Stroman opt out. If you missed that news, he hit his point where he would be eligible for free agency, and he opted out of the season, which is what we had talked about on this very show, that players were going to get a chance for the first time ever to manipulate their own service time. So Stroman opted out, and... You know, it is what it is. It's the reverse of what other teams, what teams have done to players. But all of a sudden, the Mets need a pitcher. And I joked, um, who would say no right now to uh, Conforto for Clevenger uh, as a core piece? You know, basically the centerpiece on each side with the Mets needing another starter with uh, Stroman being out and with Clevenger's situation. Now, Conforto Conforto has one less year of control and the Mets minors are... uh, kind of all over the place, in fairness. Uh, and you're probably better off trying to get someone like J.D. Davis, who's having another really strong start to the year, in all honesty. But, you know, the, the point stands that uh, it's going to be very curious to see what they do. 
you know, it, when you have the depth they have, uh, if you do believe that Scott Moss is going to be ready at some point this year, if you do believe Logan Allen is, you know, waiting in the wings to go, if you believe Tristan McKenzie is going to turn a corner, uh, there's a lot of options in terms of their starting pitching. Jeffrey Rodriguez was not the worst guy a year ago for them, uh, getting him as part of that Jan Gomes deal. We'll have to see, and especially if they can add a bat, that's where it gets interesting. You know, the Dodgers are currently sitting in second place in their division. Uh, they tried to trade away Ross Stripling, and now he's become maybe the one of the more reliable, one of the better pitchers for them so far this year. They could certainly use a starter. There's a lot of ways you can go with this. And again, I don't think you're going to see Gavin Lux get moved. Now, he did not exactly start the year on fire, so who knows? Maybe uh, there's some thought to, to move a player like that just because it's the hope that uh, you can... You know, it, when a guy comes out and he doesn't excel, not necessarily bad, but when he comes out and is closer to average, uh, that sometimes makes a little bit of the shine come off. You know, it's like when we talked about Nick Zenzel. The shine with Lux, it's only 23 games he played in, but there could be a degree of like, okay, you know, are we 100% sure that this guy is going to be a star? It happens. Not often, but it can happen. Obviously, Dustin May has probably put himself uh, out of reach with his performance. I've always liked Josiah Gray, uh, Kiebert Ruiz. With uh, the Indian lack of catching, I would not mind talking about Kiebert Ruiz right now. Or Diego uh, Cartagena. But uh, yeah, it's Dodgers just kind of stand and you're sitting there going, hmm. Yeah, the Dodgers, uh, they've got prospects and they've got a need and they can provide some help right away and if you're the Cleveland Indians your thought process is um, we'll make it work uh, even though Cesar Hernandez is playing super well maybe you have uh, Lux play another position for a time if you can get him if you can't get him uh, you know you see what other players could be in play or, or trades would make sense but uh, there's certainly a world where the Dodgers make a ton of sense uh, for the Cleveland Indians if they decide that, hey, we've got pitching depth. Let's let's maximize value. Uh, the obvious one is the Atlanta Braves. I don't think uh, I always get his name wrong. Christian, it's, uh, you know, Pache, I think. Maybe I said it right this time. I think it's Pache. I don't think he is movable. I don't think they'll consider him. Drew uh, Waters, it, very interesting profile. You know, his extreme youth and how well he played in double A, uh, that strikeout percentage. When I went through and I dug through the numbers on, you know, the top 100 prospects through like the last 20 years, and you go through those top 25 guys. And you pull out every single one who failed to become a regular. The reoccurring theme amongst hitters is strikeout percentage. The reoccurring theme on pitchers, injuries, and walk rate. There's other things that can occur, but if you want to look for a reason where a guy who's really well thought of fails, it's that strikeout percentage and the you know strikeout to walk ratio, and that's that's you know waters this issue. That kind of scares me a lot. And then after those two. Uh, depending on your thoughts on Ian Anderson, there is a bit of a drop-off. It makes it a little bit harder with the Braves, but in the Braves need pitching. Uh, Max Freed has been great. 
Tuki Toussaint has been solid this year. Kyle Wright really has not uh, looked good since he was drafted. Uh, I mean, he came through the minors and a lot of people liked him, so maybe that's not fair. He hasn't looked good in the majors, though. Uh, much like, you know, uh, was it Bryce Wilson and a few other guys who came up through that system uh, with the Braves? I, I know Lucas Sims bashed the development there. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I know I've also bashed the development at uh, Vandy the last few years. I don't think that's necessarily always the case there either. I think there's a lot of factors. But, yeah, and the Braves are going to stand as an interesting team in terms of a team that is in win-now mode that needs needs pitching. Philadelphia. I mean, they just called up Spencer Howard. They're so desperate to improve that pitching staff. It doesn't always come up. Uh, Wheeler has not been that great. Zach Eflin has been uh, pretty good for them. Aaron Nola's been good. Jake Arrieta has been... Jake Arrieta. Uh, Even Vince Valesquez has been good. They could certainly be a team. They're probably more a team that's looking for relief help at this point in time than starter help. But I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to go all in uh, on starters. San Diego is always going to make sense. Uh, Just again, it's a team. Zach Davies has been okay. Garrett Richards has been okay. Dilson. Lamette has been great. Paddock has been great. They've got a lot of young arms at the gates. I don't think they are in any rush there. And, you know, that's kind of where you are. Uh, they did send Joey Lucchese down, called up old friend Abraham Almonte uh, in San Diego. And that's a team that, again, is is kind of in a they-need-to-make-the-playoffs situation more for management than anything else. So could they conceivably move a piece? Maybe. We'd have to see what it would be and what it would make sense. And... It, it is interesting just looking at that lineup uh, right now. There's a lot of guys who aren't healthy. They don't have a ton of depth right away. But that's that's where it kind of are. It's, I, you know, this whole episode's about Clevenger. And he's undoubtedly, undeniably, an extremely talented pitcher who was essentially a scrap heap addition to the Cleveland Indians after they traded away Vinny Bastano after his arm was dead. Everyone knew it was a dead arm. And for the Angels, Clevenger had already been hurt, and they didn't see even a future major leaguer there. The Indians worked with him, and they, you know, they turned lead into gold, as it were, and got an, an amazing pitcher. And as crazy it is to feel at times, I mean, that's what they do. You know, uh, Saval, that's lead into gold to a degree. I mean, he was a top 200 prospect in that draft, but he was not. He was viewed as an okay pick there. Shane Bieber, again, an okay pick where he's taken, but uh, what he has become is, uh, you know, I had a discussion today online. When you talk to someone like Shane Bieber, you know he's going to be better. And the most important thing, more than a stat line or anything else, for me, in terms of pitchers, was getting a chance to talk with them. Because when I talked with Shane Bieber in AA, it became very, very clear that this guy was all about the craft, was always finding ways to get better, and was a sponge and if you gave him a thought, he would be like, okay, let's try it. And that's how it works with Shane Bieber. Clevenger was very much that way in AA too, if I'm being honest. Not to just make this all negatives. Thomas Pannone I bring up all the time. He was another guy like that. And there are other ones. I'm not going to single people out who are the complete opposite. And those are the guys who are kind of scuffling in the minors. And that occurs for a reason. But the Indians find those guys and they know what works for them. And Plesak, it appears to be that type of guy as well. 
I only heard good things about him. Cam Hill, I used to bother uh, Aaron Lieberman, who was the guy in Akron. He was like the media guy. He'd ran the uh, the Twitter account and was the one who would take us down to talk to players. From the minute Hill or, uh, got there, I was just every day asking more and more questions. I thought he was like the future of the Indians' bullpen. We'll see if I end up being right or wrong. I've kind of been up and down on Hill over the years, but it was a lot of fun discussions. But he's another one of those guys where it was very clear that he was any bit of information, any way to improve, he wanted to sit there, do it, find it, and dove into it. And the Indians, they find those guys, and they work with them, and they they take steps forward, and guys show massive improvements. And the Indians' approach is pretty simple. If you throw a 1,000 pitches, it's better if all 1,000 go up in the air than if they go on the ground. And it's always better if they have to hit the ball, because contact is better than no contact. Because, or I should say swinging, is better than no contact. Because you want them to swing at your pitch because a walk is the worst thing. And yes, that fly ball means you're going to have more home runs. But a thousand balls in the air, you're going to give up less runs on a thousand balls hit into the air than you would on a thousand balls hit in the ground. Because if it's in the air, it's just more likely to turn into an out. And that's why the Indians have this staff of pitchers with high home run rates, low walk rates, uh, and then the strikeout rate is how you really tie it together to become someone like Shane Bieber, who is one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball. But in general, that's the approach right now. Find the guys who aren't going to walk anyone, who have enough deception and secondary pitches to keep hitters off balance, who are going to get hit hard, but it's always going to be in the air. Keep that ball in the air. If it goes out of the park, it goes out of the park, but you're going to be more successful with extreme fly ball rate than you would with an extreme ground ball rate which is quite interesting because a decade ago, this was a team that was all about the sinker uh, back when their infield defense was nowhere near as good as it is today. Long and short, the Indians are an extremely well-run team. They know what they do well. If they end up moving on from Clevenger, which I do think somewhere in the next 365 they will, uh, they're going to have a whole other set of arms ready to go. And you don't get more value per position than uh, you get with a starter, especially a top-end starter. That is where you're going to get the most trade chips. And that's what we saw with Bauer a year ago, even though his stock was down. And Clevenger is more valuable than Bauer because Clevenger has a better track record of high-end success. Bauer had one great season and a lot of good ones, but nothing, just that one great one where uh, Clevenger's had multiple seasons at the extreme high-end. So Clevenger still has more value. And then you just have faith that they end up moving on from him and getting more assets. They're just going to keep that pipeline running. You know, is, it, is the next guy up Eli Morgan? Is it Scott Moss? Is it Juan Carlos Mejia? Is it Logan Allen? Who knows? But uh, they're going to find someone else, and they're just going to keep this going. And that is the value of the Cleveland Indians and their developmental staff. And that is why the Yankees went out and brought in Matt Blake to be their pitching coach when he was kind of, for most fans, uh, very much someone in obscurity. And that's why it was a great hire for the Yankees as well. And I think that's just what I want to focus on. Like, no matter what happens, uh, Clevenger made a terrible decision and he didn't care about anyone other than himself. And that is the long and short of his decision. But no matter what happens with Mike Clevenger, the Indians are going to just keep rolling out arms because they know what they do well. They have a plan for approach and they execute it darn near perfectly. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. 
Uh, tell me what you think about this one. Sorry if I had a little bit more fire in me, but uh, I came in kind of teed off. Uh, one player putting himself above his teammates and the season. Uh, just, I mean, I wanted, I kind of wanted him to be traded like this evening. That's, I'm in that situation. Can hear the emotion in the voice. It's just everything about what Mike Clevenger did is an exact microcosm of why we're still having problems with COVID in this country where places like New Zealand haven't had a case in 100 days. Uh, care about others. Take some time. Think about people other than yourself. Uh, I feel like my audience from my interactions have always been incredibly kind, so I probably don't have to tell you to do that. Uh, I've not had one mean interaction with someone who's listened to this show, and I appreciate that because I'll be honest, I'm a sensitive individual. But uh, just continue being kind. That's, that's all I ask. Um, and maybe write a review uh, if you uh, get bored. I have been Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you, as always, for downloading and listening. This has been a little bit of a longer Locked On Indians. We'll have a Cubs game to talk about tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll have some juicy quotes about the Mike Clevenger situation as well.